Welcome again to another reading of my book, The Boy. This chapter is titled, What Was It? Remember to give this a like, subscribe, and click the notification bell so you don't miss any of the chapters up to Christmas. Now, let's get into the story. I'm your host, L.T. Bartek. Chapter 11. What was it? Jen and Sam reached the office around 2 a.m. The two rookies were standing by the door like two scared kids waiting for their parents to come home from a long date night. They greeted each other and all four walked in and turned the lights on. Samuel was the first through the door, and the moment he stepped in, he shouted, What in the world? What animal could have done this? Matt answered, I'm stumped. Jan was silent. She was stuck standing behind her father, so she just stayed in place looking around at the office. After a while, Sam walked further into the room and stopped again. Jan, seeing room to pass, bypassed him and walked over to her desk. She started moving papers around, looking for the envelope. She bent to look under and around the desk, but the envelope was gone. Guys, help me find the envelope. Everyone, included Sam, started looking. But after a few minutes, looking around the small office, they knew it was not there. Still, Jen asked, unable to accept it. Guys, you still have not seen the evidence envelope? Now we looked everywhere, Jan. It is gone. That thing took it. I don't understand. How can a wild animal come into a room and only take a single thing? I'm not sure it was an animal, Matt chimed in. What are you saying to me? Sam asked. I can't think of an animal coming into the station and going for an envelope, can you? But didn't you say it growled? Jan asked. Yeah, Joe said. Then he went silent, realizing that this all did not make any sense. Matt walked over to Jan and stopped a little too close to her. Then he asked, what was in that envelope? It was a locket. I found it in the woods today. She stopped and shook her head, realizing it was already the next day. I meant yesterday. It looked as if it had blood on it. I was going to send it to the lab to be analyzed. The picture in the locket was also strange. There was a picture of a male and a female. They looked as if they lived in the late 40s or early 50s. I needed the experts to take a look at it and let me know. It might have lead us somewhere with this case. Now it's gone, Jan finished, then screamed. I can't believe it's really gone. She plopped into her chair as if her legs had suddenly gone weak, staring at nothing in particular. Her father moved over then to stand by her side and gently patted her on the shoulder in an effort to comfort her. He too was at a loss as to what had broken in and stolen the evidence. He still had trouble believing. Sam pulled a chair from behind the other desk and sat heavily on it. They all sat in silence, deep into their own thoughts, but none had a clue as to what happened or what to do next. After a couple of hours, Jan and the captain decided to head home. They had taken Jan's patrol car, so she got behind the wheel and they drove home in silence. Neither knew what to say and they were both exhausted. It had turned out to be a long night, and they needed to get home and get some rest. 
but they will be back in the office by 8 a.m. tomorrow. The next morning, Jan returned to the office with the captain by her side. They told the rest of the squad what had happened the night before and were met with a few, Are you sure? and Who could have done this? The answer was the same. Yes, we are sure and we don't know. But we intend to find out. With y'all's help, of course. They had just finished their meeting when Becky, the owner-slash-operator of the small restaurant down the street, walked in. She entered the room where they all gathered and loudly announced that someone had broken into a restaurant and stolen some food last night. Sam, who had known her all his life, beckoned her over and asked, What are you on about now, Becky? She repeated, Someone came into my place and stole some food. Normally I wouldn't mind, but they took a lot. They must have come in through the back window because all the doors are still closed. They all turned to look at each other. Trudy Allen, the admin personnel, broke the silence. What in tarnation is happening here? First the hunters got their food stolen, then they stole the envelope and now food from the restaurant? Don't forget they killed a woman, Jan reminded her. Right, yes, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Trudy apologized. She then continued, What is happening to our little town? Did something get stolen here last night? Becky asked. No one answered. Jan turned to her father with a strange look in her eyes. That confirms that it is not an animal. It stole human food. Becky jumped in then, and it was selective. It only took food with a way out expiration date. Dried food, cans, and packet stuff. Everyone was taken aback, Matt reiterated. But it, he, she growled, guys. They might have had a recording or something to scare you, Donald Jones said, more like a question than a statement. Then explain to me how it moved so fast we couldn't see it. And what made those claw marks, huh? Matt shouted. They went silent again, all deep in their own thoughts, trying to find some sort of explanation. Suddenly Jan remembered what Marty had told her. Here is more on many, guys. Marty said he got the DNA results from the bite marks on the body. It is part bat. The officers uproared again in disbelief, then went silent. After these incidents, a week went by and there were no further attacks. All was quiet again in Cashiers, North Carolina. Jan had no further leads, and when she returned to the crime scene, she found nothing. She had tracked down Alex's parents, and they had flown in to take their daughter home. There was a lot of crying and anger towards the police. They demanded answers and wanted to know who had mutilated their daughter, and why weren't they still out looking for her killer. Sam had to take them into his office, and though he was soft-spoken, respecting them as frustrated parents, he was firm. He sympathized with them because he knew he would have been out of his mind if he had ever lost Jan. But he wasn't going to let them bully his officers and make a wreck of his office. So he explained the situation and told him that they would be his first call if he heard anything new. They left as they came, in tears after making all the necessary arrangements to fly their daughter's body home. 
More weeks passed and Jan was coming to grips with the fact that this case might never get solved and she might have to let it go. Then one day while driving along the highway, she thought she saw a little boy. He was dark-skinned and playing in the woods by the road. A car was behind her, so she had to drive a few feet to get off the road safely. She quickly parked on the soft shoulder and returned to where she had seen him, but he was gone. She ran into the woods and caught sight of another boy, smaller and lighter skin, running and dragging the taller one behind him. He was moving so fast that the taller boy could not keep up. Jan only caught a glimpse of him as in mid-run he lifted the darker-skinned child up into his arms and was running so fast they were soon out of sight. Jan followed in the direction of where she had seen them, but hours later she had to give up the search. They were gone. A strange and terrifying feeling came over her, and that was when she knew this was something she had never experienced before, and she was scared shitless. Well, we have come once again to the end of a chapter. Stay tuned for chapter 12 titled The Hunt. This will be tomorrow. Remember to like and subscribe, follow whatever platform I'm on right now. Do all those good things that will make you a treasure in my eyes. And go ahead and share it with someone who you think will like it as well. Also remember to love yourself and others. And I'll catch you on the next one. Love you. Bye.